Doable Discipleship at it again. It's Doable Discipleship, the show that helps you grow. Oh, yeah. Huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Is that a good one? What do you think? About yeah. the jingle? I think it's great. Okay. I now want you to sing it every time for at least the next 150 episodes. We should just record it and then just nope. save it. And I want you to sing it live each mm-hmm. and every time, because okay. I think that's what our viewers would really want. Only for 160 episodes? Is that what and listeners said? can't forget those podcast people. Uh, anyway, thanks for joining us again this week. Uh, as promised, we have a very special conversation today. Uh, a friend yeah. of ours... Also, a boss, a boss of, of ours, <laughs> yeah. Bob Jacobs, is joining us. Uh, he's a, we just call him the boss. He's Springsteen to us. Yeah, yeah. yeah. For all you over fifty in the audience, whatever. And then Jason, <laughs> yeah, you're I an old soul. Anyway, Rob is sort of a self-made expert in the area of habit formation, which uh, has more to do with the spiritual life than you may realize. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, you get it by now because we've done a series on this. But today, Rob's going to be talking to us about some research-based habit principles and truths that you really need to know. Uh, so if you want to start building great habits into your life and you're looking for some fresh new thinking on how to do that, this episode is going to be great for you. So don't go away. We're back. Thanks for joining us, Rob Jacobs. Thanks for having me. It's been back in action. It's been too long since it's you were on the show. It's been a really long time. All the way since the Worldview series kickoff, I believe. Yep. Uh, anyway, glad to have you back. <clears throat> We've told the listeners already in previous episodes and viewers that uh, we'd be joining you this week to talk about uh, the power of the habit, how it shapes us over time. Right. So awesome. you've got plenty to share with us today, and we're just going to dive right in. A man Sweet. of knowledge. All right, so we have these three quotes. We're going to jump in on these. Let's start with these quotes. Sure. I will go first. Do your best, William James. William James is a man who lived in the 19th century, and apparently he was a big deal because I have a quote from him. Which is the 1800s, for those of you who don't know how those work. Poet and philosopher. If you do the math. I I think you're correct. Says a poet and philosopher. You would know one. All of life, so far as it has definite form, is but a mass of habits. Let that sink in for Mm. a moment. Hmm. Your life, is, your life is but a form. mass of habits. Hmm. Yeah, a clump, if you will, <laughs> <laughs> like the Nutty Professor too. The clumps. <laughs> anyway, uh, our next quote is from Fyodor Dostoevsky. It says, "The second half of a man's life is made up of nothing but the habits he has acquired during the first half." Was that German? That it was. More, that was more. I did a really German. That was more you know, Prussian a, than a German Russian. Hey, I was going ancient. <laughs> You know, kind of back eight eighteen hundreds uh, <laughs> Russia. That was we all know. There was that German influence, okay. as we're all aware that was, of. That was definitely Prussian. That was not okay. Russian. Yeah, no, but it's all good. You put all the emphasis of that quote on the accent, and now I forgot what it actually said. Well, that's Thankfully, on you. it's written in front of me. That's on you. All right, I'll read the last one. Blaise Pascal said, Habit is a second nature that destroys the first. But what is nature? Why is habit not natural? I am very much afraid that nature itself is only a first habit, just as habit is a second nature. Uh, I think it's like to scoop my brain up and put it back in my head after reading that <laughs> last sentence. Anyway, take us into it. What, what does all this mean to you, Rob? What are you trying to tell us? Well, anything that we're trying to do, and this connects with all the, the previous episodes that you guys have been walking our, our listeners and viewers through, is this idea that habits want to take us somewhere and want to help us turn us into something. Um, so this being Salback, have an acronym. We'll kind of dive in. We're going to go through this brief because we want to spend some more time on some other place. But let's look at the idea of habits. And the, and the first thing I think we, we would definitely all agree on is that habits should produce some kind of health in our spiritual life. 
That is the mm-hmm. age um, of habits. And it, and maybe and it's not just our spiritual life. We want habits that create health in our spiritual life, in our physical, our mental, our emotional, our vocational, our relational, um, our educational, all the spheres of life. We want to pursue habits that are bringing health into our life. So mm-hmm. I think we can all agree on that. Yeah. Because yeah. what we're trying to do is build a lifestyle, not just a one-time event. Yeah, and there's uh, for people who are interested specifically in everything that Rob was just talking about in transforming and building habits in those key areas. There's actually a great uh, small group study available on there my is. Saddleback called Transformed hmm. that literally walks through each one of these uh, seven areas of growth. That right, Rob and just if laid you're out. and if you're not here at SaddlebackPastors.com has that that study as well. Transformed, yeah, cool. But it's basically it's saying that. We want to create health in all of these areas and that we want to build a lifestyle, not just a one-time life event. Hmm. So the A would be how, how do our habits help us acquire knowledge of God's Word? All right, so think about your own habits. What do your current habits say about your knowledge of God's Word? Are you looking to um, current fads or are you basing what you're doing on ti- the timeless principles of what we see in the Bible? Hmm. Um, wh- where are you looking at for your guidance? Um, in the end, are your habits and the things that you're doing increasing your knowledge of God's Word? Are you increasing your knowledge of God? Mm. Yeah, I think a big part of that, and what we're talking about, is is a habit is something that you that so much of your life is involved in. As, as we were talking about with those quotes, you know, a habit becomes kind of a part of your life. So do you have habits in your life that relate to the most important thing in your of your life, which should be your relationship with God. Right. Yeah. And in, in, in a very in, in, a, in one sense, those quotes are even pointing to that habits are your life. Yeah. You know, yeah. They're 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 the they're the summary of your life. Well, they'll sp- th- you'll spend almost the entirety of your life doing one of the habits that you've built previously. Like your life is literally made of a series of habits that you live out day by day. Right. Right. So then the B is build perspective. So are your habits helping you see things from God's point of view? Um, when you look at the, the spheres of your life, be it the spiritual, the physical, the mental, the relational, the vocational, these ones that we've talked about, um, do they reflect God's perspective on them? Mm-hmm. Um, are you doing things because that's God's view of it? Um, mm-hmm. And are your habits helping you to understand who God created you to be, your purpose in life? Um, what he's calling you to do. So how how do your habits build perspective into your life? Mm-hmm. Because God has a view in all these areas, right? Yeah. You can agree yeah. on so. And the next one would be the I, so instill conviction. So do you believe what God says about your life? And the way you can tell if you believe it is because you're doing it. Your habits actually reflect the belief. Hmm. Um, so you want to be thinking about your habits through the lens of how does it, what conviction is it instilling in my life? It is, is it instilling uh, the conviction that God is Lord of my life, that he is in control of my life, that, um, or is it that you're still running the show? So what kinds of things, what kinds of beliefs are your habits demonstrating? Yeah, and that's, that's where like your integrity comes into play too, right? As we talk about like, it's not just walking the walk, but no, wait, not just talking the talk, but walking the walk. I almost said that backwards and it wouldn't have made sense. Yeah. Um, but it's, yeah, it's, it, are your actions right. living up to yeah, what integrity, you say congruence. Is yeah. there, is there a match? Yeah. Right. I, it, that makes me think of like what we talked a couple weeks ago about the, the habit of giving. Oh, yeah. Uh, and one of the big points we made is that your giving kind of reveals, first of all, what you trust in 
and also who has kingship or lordship in your life, that if I refuse to entrust my money to God, I'm, I'm inaudibly saying that my money is more important to me than God. And so by either doing or refusing to do a certain habit or building or refusing to build a certain habit, we're actually expressing what's most important to us. We're making a value statement in that. We're, we're saying what our convictions are. Right, mm-hmm. right, yeah. The, the, the idea that you are, uh, you, you, you are what you do and, and you do what you love. Yeah, that's so, um, what is it that your your actions are pointing to? What love is it that your actions are pointing to? Hmm. Um, and Ephesians four twenty three says there must be spiritual renewal of your thoughts and actions. So you must come to this place of belief that God has lordship over your life, and you're going to see that in your behaviors. Hmm. The the T in habits is what are the tasks and the tools. Uh, that I have in my habit life. So what are the things that I'm doing and what are the things that I'm using? First hmm. Timothy 4.15 says, practice these things, devote your life to them so that everyone can see your progress. And James 3.13 says, who among you is wise and understanding? Let him show by his good behavior. So there are things that we do, the tasks of being in the word and prayer and giving and being in group, that the tasks of finding time for solitude and silence um, and confession um, and th- those types of pra- those practices in our life. But there are also tools that we can use, and we've talked about many of them on the show, but mm-hmm. things like reading plans or apps or this podcast or Pastor Tom's and Pastor Rick's podcast, the um, books and journals or the message action plan email or... Um, Setting up automatic giving in my, in, you know, and in, in the way I tied to the church and those sorts of things. So, what are the tools that I can use that help support and instill the habits into my life? Yeah, right. So, yeah. again, James one twenty two says, "Do not deceive yourself by just listening to the word. Instead, put it into practice." So, be thinking about what are the things that I'm doing, but also what are the things I could be using to help support my habits. Mm. Yeah, I don't. I think for any habit that you want to instill in your life there's probably a way to help you support it. It's not just, ah, I have nothing. How do I get started? There's right. nothing to help me. I'm sure yeah. that there is. Oh, for sure. For yeah. sure. And this church is, you know, we're we're a big church about being doers of the word. So we're always going to be provide you with tools yeah. and, and those things. And almost every habit starts with in some kind of tactile way, too. Mm-hmm. Like every, every habit is going to start with some kind of hands-on process, whether it's a, if it's a spiritual practice, it's going to involve getting out your Bible, or it's going to involve using the tools that you've said. If it's, a, if it's setting habits for, for physical transformation, it's going to involve very tactile work. Even, even habits as simple as brushing the teeth or tying the shoes are all tactile. They, they all involve... Um, the brain-body connection that needs to be reinforced in tactile ways, and these these tools really help help us right. to do that. And I, and I and I think it's it's important to reinforce here as we think about tasks and tools. It is the doing of things that ultimately to the transformation of your character. Yeah. So there can be many things we believe and many perspectives we can hold and many beliefs that we want to have. But if you're not doing these things, the ultimate result of character transformation is not going to happen. So yeah. we want to provide tools to help you do the tasks, but you've got to be doing the thing. That's why this this place is so important. You've actually got to build the habit. You've got yeah. to build the behavior. Makes me think of a, a great quote from um, f- uh, from Batman, uh, of all places, right? He says, <laughs> is there any <laughs> other source? Of he, says, he, there say, any other he says, could there be any other place? All the wisdom. He says, it's not who you are underneath, but what you do that defines you. 
So there you go. That's really good. Thank you. You really channeled the Christian Bale. I've really worked on that. I thought you were going to. I'm not wearing hockey pants. Yeah. I thought you were going to go with the hockey pants ones. That one's not as inspirational for life. It doesn't have the same. So if you're wearing hockey pants, what does that say about your beliefs? Anyways. Yeah. Okay. Poser. And the T is it transforms our character, right? So our goal, the goal of every believer is to become more like Christ through our thought and action. Yeah. Um, we want to become godly. Uh, Ephesians 4, 22 through 24, the message uh, paraphrase is such a great way that puts this. Take an entirely new way of life, a God-fashioned life, a life renewed from the inside and working itself into your conduct as God accurately reproduces his character in you. Hmm. So that's what we're after, right? We're after that character transformation. So yeah. this is kind of the habits, the the you know the idea between, behind the power and the reason and the why of habit. Is this is this where like that distinction between like the researchers who talk about thick versus thin habits come in? Well, the so the habits that you guys have talked about for these last episodes are definitely those thick habits. They're yeah, the, keystone the keystone habits. Yeah. Um, if you look at any one of the spheres of your life, whether it be spiritual, relational, vocation, I mean, you got, we've just spent uh, a number of episodes on the spiritual side, but, Mm -hmm. um, and the relational side in a sense with small groups, but, um, these are the keystone habits of the spiritual life. Now, and the others, there could be keystone habits. There's obviously keystone habits of health, yeah, right? You know, the, Mm -hmm. the, the food you take in and exercise and, and those kinds of things, but, um, Can you explain the difference between those thick and thin habits? So, too? Like, uh, how are those uh, distinct? For so, those a thick heard? habit is one that is transformational of who you are. Mm. Uh, a thin habit would be like how you brush your teeth. It mm. really doesn't define who, your character, yeah. right? It just that's one day you decided to start brushing on the right side, and it just then stayed that way for your entire life. And that's just an that's just an, an efficiency function of the brain, right? It just it happens. You do it unconsciously. There's yeah. so so much of the research says that. You know, 40% and even some research say up, up even higher, upwards, 70, 80, 90%, depending on what the function is. It's just being done by habit. You're not even thinking about it. And you don't even know why you're doing that. Yeah. So those are the thin habits. You know, it's how you get dressed in the morning. That's mm-hmm. a thin habit. You just, it's just, you start with your pants, you, whatever it is. Just the habits um, that make life easier. It's just, exactly. Life, it's just yeah. the things that just kind of happened. But the, the thick habits or the keystone habits are the ones you need to be intentional about developing, yeah. intentional about cultivating, because they're character transforming actions. Yeah, they're, the things that, they're the things that change who you are. And in fact, if you want to clothe yourself in Christ, these are the things that you do to do that. They're yeah. not just things you're not paying attention to. You must be intentional about thick habits, about keystone habits. Yeah, thin habits tend to... Uh, arise kind of spontaneously. Like they just sort of happen on their own, you know, because they're just, they're, they're just sort of the, the, the day-to-day mundane aspects of life. But the thick habits, you have to choose to do. You have right. to choose to build those in. Those are all about um, making a decision for growth in a certain area and right. then committing to a certain action They're purposeful. Set. They're purposeful. Yeah. 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 Cool. So they are purpose-driven habits. Yeah. No. In- yeah. Indeed. <laughs> yes. Could there be any other? Um, all right. So another question that sometimes comes up, just kind of thinking about now, okay, habits. Um, one of the things that we often talk about is like, how long does a habit typically take to, um, to form in our life? And mm. the research says anywhere from three weeks to eight months, the average is 66 days. But it's really dependent upon 
the complexity of the habit you're trying to start. Yeah. So an easy habit, obviously, is easier to start. Um, and probably how, the length of time that goes sure. into... Yeah. Sure. How much motivation is required for this habit? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You know, what kind of willpower and self-discipline is required for this particular habit? Yeah. Um, and then how much are you inviting the Holy Spirit into this? And how mm-hmm. much are you leaning on the Holy Spirit? So these are the things that will... Uh, determine kind of how long, and it fluctuates again depending on what the habit is that you're trying to build into your life. Hmm. Yeah. So, um, I think you know as we move through the rest of the show, one of the things I want people to start to think about, and I think and it's, it's a key thought, is that habits really are systems. So a lot of times we get we get um, caught up on like we want to accomplish a certain goal. Mm-hmm. That is just an aspiration. It's a hope. What you need to do is build a system. So we want to think about growth as a process. So how do you build the system? How do you build the process? How do you build the routine that will generate the result you're looking for? Mm-hmm. All right. So Ephesians 4.13 says, we arrive at real maturity, that measure of development, which is meant by the fullness of Christ. So what are the things that we will do that will produce fullness? It's not enough to say, oh, I hope to be full. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to have, I want to create a system. I want to take the steps and build this into my habits and my routines that will create the outcome I'm looking for in the end. Yeah. Okay. So the key here is for just for a second, just for a second, forget about the goal for one second. Focus on building the system that will result in the goal happening. Mm-hmm. So you focus on the outcome, um, not doing the outcome first. You focus more importantly on the frequency uh, of of pursuing it. Mm-hmm. Um, I know one of the things, Doug, you always say in class 201 is something like the idea of like um, pursue the frequency over the intensity. Um, yeah, go for consistency first and intensity later. Right. Yeah. So it's more important just to get the repetition going than it is to get to the outcome. Yeah. And it's because, easier to modify an existing right. habit than to, to build a new one. So once you've got it going at the lower level, you can then start turning up the heat as you go. Yes. Yeah, mm-hmm. So if you focus on doing more than you focus on the outcome in the beginning, you'll eventually get to the place where you yeah. want to go. And the outcome serves as your motivation for continuing in the process, right? I mean, so you can keep your eyes on, in one sense, on the prize, but just simply having your eye on the prize won't get you to the goal. Right. You've got to have a process, but your motivation for sticking with that process is the goal that you have in mind. Right. The goal of Christ likeness or whatever, exactly. or losing weight or whatever. Ex- you're exactly. Going. So take the example of the Bible, um, of re- spending time in the Word. You may have a goal for that, but the question you need to ask yourself is is not, what's my goal in the end? The, the question you need to be asking yourself is, what is my system for ensuring I will read the Bible daily? Yeah, It's not so much how much, it's what's to ensure the consistency of it. Yeah. Um, what is my system for ensuring that I will pray every day? Mm-hmm. Um, what is the system for ensuring that I am able to give, um, you know, twice a month or once a month or whatever. Mm. What is my system for ensuring that I can make it to small group each week? Yeah. Uh, my system for ensuring that I can get to church each week. These are the things that you want to focus on developing. A lot of times we get so caught up in like, oh, I have this goal of like, you know, I want to climb some kind of mountain or whatever. Like, yeah, but you have to train, 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 train. Yeah. That is the system. Yeah. So and don't, don't you think it's, I mean, everyone comes out of like, you know, comes into the first of the year, they've got their resolutions. Don't you think this is the difference between resolutions that succeed versus those that fail? Oh, definitely. Those who build a system and those who don't is really what it comes down to, right? Exactly. It's, it's, if you build a system, 
the resolution as possible. Yeah. Without a system, the resolution is purely an aspirational hope. Yeah. It's a dream. Let me throw right. a question out there that I, I think I can hear at least some of the audience thinking about right now. So when we, we're using the word system a lot, and we're talking about our spiritual walk with Christ. What, what would you say to a person who goes, well, isn't my walk with Jesus and my spiritual growth supposed to be a very like relational, organic process? How do we, how do we reconcile the idea of system with the relational walk with Jesus that we have? What would you say to that? Well, there's, there's, a, there's the process when we become uh, saved, right? So there's this moment where the Holy Spirit comes to live in our heart and soul. We are saved. So that's a one-time moment, right? Mm-hmm. And then we do the lifetime of sanctification. So what we're talking about is here is what is the system that helps us in our sanctification mm-hmm. while we're here on earth? Yeah. So incarnation is once, right? It's we're saved. That's done. We have the Holy Spirit in us. So now we use that power to drive our, the sanctification process, which mm. is a system ongoing throughout our life. And yeah. so all of us, because we're broken people, will wane and ebb and flow in these different areas. Like we will be more engaged in the Word, more engaged in prayer, you know, From and those things will ebb and flow over time. But if you can build in the system, then you'll find the consistency and it becomes more of who you are, which allows the word and allows prayer to have a shaping effect on your character, which is ultimately the goal of sanctification right now. I think, too, on that topic, like, is we need to remember that we are actively going against the way that the world wants to take us. Mm-hmm. And so we have to be intentional and have a system in focusing on sanctification because everything else in this world is going to try to pull you away from that. Yeah, absolutely. so you really got to be intentional. And so something and and sometimes it's something that is kind of out of the ordinary for you. So like if you want, you know, if you're like, ah, oh, I just imagine a time where I can just where I have this great friendship with God. I'm talking with Him throughout the day. You know, great, but. You'll probably have to build up to that part where it becomes organic. So yeah. you may have to set times throughout the day to pray, yeah. and then you'll find that later in life you're just praying throughout the day. You're having yeah. conversation with God because you've developed that habit. You know, it's become a part of your life. Yeah, right. I, I think our listeners should, and and we as well, should resist the the temptation to to say that systems and relationship are in, in any way in conflict with each other, or that habits and relationships are in conflict. Because I think if we were to if we were all of us to look back at our lives and uh, look at our relationships, I think we would find that our relationships are deeply, our habit is deeply embedded in every relationship that we have. So like when I think of my relationship with my wife and and what the kind of health that we have in our relationship, well, a lot of that is based on habit. And when we have when we make poor decisions or lose track of good habits or make bad or allow bad habits to form, that can be a hindrance and a blockage in the relationship. For example, are you in the are you in the habit of saying I love you to each other? That simple habit, while you can think of that as a, as a, something systematized, being in the habit of saying I love you reinforces a, a deep connected bond. Or being in the habit of of having conversation each night before bed rather than just watching TV. You know, you can slide into a habit that is either good for the relationship or, you know, that's bad for the relationship, or you can be conscious about building habits that are good. So I just, what I want to do here is make sure everyone realizes that habit and systems are not in conflict with warm, intimate relationship. Those two things go together. They they inform one another. Systems sounds like a very cold word. Yeah. Because, you know, we're, we're talking about a lot of the research and that kind of stuff. 
But you talk about relationships. So you're, you mentioned your wife. If you want to have a consistent date night with your wife or your mm-hmm. husband, you've got to create a system for that oh, to yeah. happen. Yeah, um, especially once you got kids. So yeah, <laughs> we struggle truth, with that one all truth. the time. Hashtag truth, brother. Yep. So um, yeah, so you got to figure out a plan. You got to figure out a system to make that happen. You can't just say, "Gosh, I really want to have a date night with you once a month." That's just yeah. saying something, you know. That until you take that belief, that conviction, and put it into action, it's you know, wind. <laughs> you're not. You're <laughs> not going to. You're yeah, not going to yeah. get the benefit of that time with your spouse. Right. The the benefit of how each of you are transformed from being around each other until you create the system that will make that happen. Yeah, that relationship can suffer for lack of system. So everybody realize these things are not. They're in harmony. You right. need both. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, don't let the coldness of the word distract from yeah, the reality of what good, we're, you know. Good point. Um, so again, you know, systems are the things that will ensure the result. Now, when you think about habit, there's really, the research says there's kind of, you know, everyone has different terms for it, but there's basically three big areas that are phases that habit development happens. And the first one is, what is the reminder or the cue that prompts you thinking about what it is that you want to do? Hmm. Um, so... How can you create um, prompts or cues in your daily life that will, you know, cue you up to pursue the habit? So, for example, like I open the refrigerator a lot every day. Like I got things to eat and I got <laughs> things I want to drink. So, um, what if every time I open the refrigerator, I prayed for a particular person in my life, like mm. some, you know, or so that simple cue is connected to the habit I'm after. So, I, I definitely want to pray for people in my life. Well, I'm going to connect it to a simple cue, um, a simple reminder. So yeah. there's this is kind of connected to the idea of what they call habit stacking. So find something you already do. You're, you're going to do it because it's already a habit. And add the new thing you're after to it. Yeah. So you stack the habit. So I brush my teeth. When I'm brushing my teeth, pray for you know your dentist. Or, <laughs> or, or, you, know, you get dressed every day. How, how can you turn that into a habit to maybe pray? Uh, yeah. Talk to God, you know, talk, you know, use that idea of clothing yourself as like, God, I want to clothe myself in Christ today. Like mm-hmm. use that connection. Um, you watch TV every day. Well, figure out a way to cue yourself that before you watch TV, you're going to read the Bible. Yeah. Um, so I was thinking of one that I want to do is start memorizing scripture in the shower. Cause it's such a negative space, you know, when you're in the shower, like you go in there and there's like, there's not a lot of stimuli. It's easy to just sort of like send your mind to wherever. I was thinking I can use that sort of empty space time. I usually just think a lot while I'm in the shower. It's like right. my thinking box. But <laughs> I I think I want to start using that time so that I associate getting in the shower with memorizing that's scripture. A, that's a great and idea. That. That's a great so idea. And, and, so and I st- shower practically every day. Yeah. You know? You know, dep- so depending on your bathing habits, that's We're an awesome idea. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm thankful you showered today. Yeah, I um, did. Um, another idea is, is kind of a an if X then Y system. So for for your example, the shower. If I take a shower, then I will be memorizing scripture. If I eat a meal, then I will stop to pray for my family. If I get a green light in traffic or a red light in traffic, then I will do something. Mm. Uh, so when the sun comes up, then I will do, you know, so it's these just connecting a thing that will happen to something that you're pursuing. Yeah. yeah. If you get uh, a green light, you should focus mm. on driving. Let's make that clear. That's yeah. true. I open I prayer. I think it's helpful Open eye prayer. Yeah. <laughs> I'm thinking, well, a green light, maybe it's the time for, to be gracious, you know, grateful it's just a for gratitude what God moment. has. A, it's a gratitude <laughs> moment. Yeah. Oh, thank you for that green. <laughs> um, 
you know, like a simple thing, like I bet a lot, most of our listeners and, and viewers, they send probably tons of email. Well, before you hit send, stop and pray for the person you're sending it to. Just hmm. embed that as a habit. Yeah. If I good. send an email, then I pray for the person. If X, then Y. So hmm. that's great. And there's lots of different ways to think about that. If I sit down to watch TV, I will read my Bible first. So take your Bible, put it on top of your remote control, hmm. and you can't get to the remote control without going through your Bible. So you'll feel like oh, I got to do that. Actively if have X, to push then Y. Yeah, you have Bible to, away yeah. to get to that remote. Yes, you have. You have to push. I've been the using word uh, of the Lord away mm -hmm. there's so. something really there's something really that really works yeah like i've i've started convicting. setting my bible where my laptop goes on my desk so that every morning when i come in i literally can't set my laptop down on my desk and start working until i crack open my bible have my quiet time i've noticed so that. that's been a way for me to reinforce a consistent because i'm typically consistent with my quiet time but not consistent with the time and place that i do it like right. it, it, it can have and flow which then makes it vulnerable to inconsistency so i've just started putting that right there so i, I literally can't start doing email and getting task-oriented until I have my time with also, God. Also, your Bible is really heavy. So my Bible's it's big. It's a study Bible. Yeah. It's thick, so it's like right there. It yeah. It's hard to miss. It makes you look really holy. Well, I'm glad yeah. you noticed. I did. That's what you wanted, right? <laughs> Appearances <laughs> can be deceiving, bro. That's holy everyone. <laughs> uh, another idea is like make a written commitment. So you, you, you say something like, I will read the Bible for, and then set the number of minutes hmm. at and set a certain time while sitting in my, and set the location. And so you get very specific. You Basically, you've written out your system. You've written mm -hmm. out the plan. It's this many minutes at this time, at this time, and in this place. And so it kind of creates a psychological commitment to the process. But yeah. when you pray over all of these things we're talking about, you're inviting the Holy Spirit into all of this. And I think that's something that we don't want to lose. The mm. system includes the Holy Spirit's power making all of this happen. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah. On, on that thing with the written commitment, it's also good to have an accountability partner or somebody you're like, I want somebody who asked me at the end of the day, hey, did you do your thing? Mm. That's huge. And that goes back to why being in a group is such a keystone habit because yeah. it can influence all the other habits that you're trying to pursue. Right. We did talk yeah. about that last week. So uh, the second part of the phases is the routine. So how do you create the routine? So one of the ways to think about this is lead and lag measure. So if if you want to weigh less, say you're after you know you're working in the domain of your physical health, um, you don't keep weighing yourself. What yeah. you want to weigh or what you want to measure is how many times did you work out. Um, that is more important in achieving the goal than. Just, you know, hoping and like keep stepping on the scale again and again and again. Of course, if you do a thousand reps of stepping onto the scale and stepping off, you might actually yeah, lose some you weight. put your scale on top of like three <laughs> steps, man, you can get a good place. Yeah. <laughs> um, so the, the measurement there is how many workouts have you had? That's your lead measure that will produce what's called the leg measure of weight loss. Yeah. So how many minutes am I in the Bible, which will produce the lag measure of the, I really want to grow in the word, um, yeah. those kinds of things. So um, it's just kind of the things you choose to measure. Um, measure the things that will produce the end result. Don't spend all your time measuring the end result. Um, yeah. Another simple thing is just don't miss twice. So, you know, put print out a calendar, you know, get on your computer, hang it on your refrigerator, and just mark off with an X if you did something. And anytime you miss a day, okay, just don't miss the second day, right? Mm. Don't miss twice. You know, you miss twice, now the habit, you're starting to put it's it in jeopardy, jeopardy a little bit. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, do weird things like set up ta time boundaries. Um, do like a reverse time boundary where you tell yourself, I will not read more than a certain amount. I will not mm. do 
more than this. Um, and it's just like there's another little psychological trick that's like, all right, I'm not going to go more than 15 minutes in quiet time, but you do 14, mm-hmm. you know? And so it's this, these weird little psychological things you can do. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think one of the key things here is you, you really do need to think about how do you measure what you're after? Um, too, I think too often we let that miss. And I don't mean like, uh, don't set up a system that creates like a guilty measure. Like I think some of those reading plans, they, they, they just keep turning every day, right? And you're just like, I am so far behind now, I feel guilty. Yeah. Well, it's better just to have like a little checkbox. Like, yeah, did I read anything today? Good, mm-hmm. good, you know. Um, so put a, use a calendar, put the X on it. Use a timer to track how many minutes. Just watch that build over time. Yeah. Like, you know, if you have a timer app on your phone, just use it, track how many minutes you read. Again, it's not, you're not going for the length in the beginning. You're just going for the consistency of doing it. Yeah. And then at the end of the week, you'd be surprised, man, I really, I really did spend a lot of time in the Word. Yeah. Um, and know, then even though you can't necessarily measure the change in maturity, you can measure the lead measure. You can measure what you've been doing exactly. and then know that God will use exactly. that. Exactly. And that's maturity. what makes the system work is you want, you want to focus on the lead measures, the things that will ultimately produce the results you're after, the lag measure. Yeah. Um, you know, like things like create a prayer list and just pray for these things. And over the course of a week, you'd look and be like, wow, I... I prayed for all these people. I prayed for all these things. Yeah. Um, again, not, it's not how many did I pray for today, but just did I pray today? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and keep track of that. So a simple thing like putting a, a jar or a glass on your desk or uh, your counter at home, and just if you do the thing, drop a marble in, a penny, a paper clip, or something, and you'll watch it start to build, and that will increase your motivation, and you'll see that those that's the measure that's actually producing the result that you want in your life. Yeah. Um, Another thought is um, simple things like understanding the idea of uh, systems of continuous improvement. It's a fancy way of saying that if you do a small bit better every day, in the end, it's a massive amount of change. So Mm. if you take um, just 1% of something, a 1% increase over the course of a year, um, it becomes this mathematical formula of like 1.01 to the 365th power. Math majors, check my math. But anyways, that that creates a 30%, 37% increase. So not just 37 more of something, 37% more of a thing. Mm-hmm. So it's a massive um, exponential change. Mm-hmm. Um, a simple thing like, what if you just added 10 seconds to your reading every day in the Bible? Mm-hmm. Well, you know, every six days, that's an extra minute. Well, by the end of a year, you're reading almost an hour. You know, you're reading over an hour. Hmm. Uh, so it's a little change can in produce massive results if you just stay with it. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. The change compounds over time. Right. Yeah. Com- yeah. Compounding change. So the idea of simplicity, um, there's a Stanford researcher, BJ Fogg, who says, if you want to learn how to floss your teeth, start by flossing a tooth. You keep it simple. You start small and you build again. You're not measuring. Did I floss my teeth? all my teeth today because that wasn't your goal in the beginning. Your idea is just, did I get anything going? Mm. You know, did, so it's just, your dentist is like, do time. you floss? One tooth. Per <laughs> one day. Day. I got one great tooth. Check it out. He's like, by well, the end of the year, I'll be you're eating all it. these babies. <laughs> <laughs> the other idea, and, and um, I forget which one of you was kind of alluding to this, but is how do you, in your system, how do you shape the environment to support your system? So if you want to do, uh, if you if you say, hey, I want to read the Bible every day, you know, whatever your goal is, 
what are the things that you're doing to make that possible in the system? So where is it going to be? Do you have a comfortable chair? Have you picked that out yet? Um, mm. Like how you, oh, how you said, I have my Bible on top of my computer. Like yeah. I know that. Um, is the Bible in the place I want to do it? Do I have a light that will help? You know, just you need to think through these things. And then that creates the environment that helps support the system. Yeah. Um, and prayer, like you need to identify where's the place that's quiet. You know, mm. like for me, for a long time, the place that was quiet was my car and my garage. <laughs> so that that two was two layers of sound. That was the environment. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, where is the place you're going to be undisturbed? You know, um, and so you create the environment that will support the system. That's great. And another idea is <clears throat> schedule versus deadline. A lot of times we set the deadline for ourselves, and some people work really well with that. But if you focus more on the, I will just do this thing every day at this time, instead of saying, I have to get all this done by a date, hmm. then you're going to build that consistency. And it's mm-hmm. just going to again and again. So yeah. instead of saying, I want eight chapters read by the end of this month, it's, I just want to read you know every day, or yeah. I just want to read eight minutes every day, and we'll see what happens. We'll see where we get. Yeah. Well, that's why I never, I never encourage anyone who's just trying to start a quiet time to try to read through the Bible in a year. Don't set your deadline of, I want to get through this whole thing in a year, because that's probably not going to happen. <laughs> yes, yeah. But you can start by just saying, skimming, again, yeah. it's the consistency first and intensity later idea. Just start with what you know you can do and start with start by making it daily. Whatever amount it is, make it daily. Make it daily. And yep. then let it grow. Exactly. That's the system. So what is the environment? What is the plan? What is the system that you need to put in place to do that one simple thing? Open my Bible and read it daily. Yeah. Regardless set, of the amount. Don't set the times. Yeah. Don't get locked on the time. Don't get locked on the I've got to get through this thing in a year. Just read it every day. Yeah. That's the system. Hmm. Um now in the end, the other part of this is you want to think about, well, what's the reward? Well, you know, so it depends on what area of that we're looking at. If it's physical, it's you got stronger, you lost weight. If it's relational, it's more time with your kids, more time with your wife. If it's financial, it's you know, you're a better steward of your money, you're able to give to the church. Whatever it is, if it's spiritual, it's more time in the Word, it's more time in prayer, you're growing in Christ. Um, so our reward in the end is to be more like Christ. Mm-hmm. So you want to you keep that in mind. I mean, could there not be any better reward in our life to be, continue that journey of sanctification to grow more like Christ? Second mm-hmm. um, Corinthians 3.18 says, All of us who have had the veil removed can see and reflect the glory of the Lord. And the Lord who is the Spirit makes us more and more like him as we are changed into his glorious image. That's the reward. Never lose sight of that. Now, there's still other rewards that you can make visual, like we were talking about, like make the calendar with X's on it. Man, if you have a bunch of X's on it at the end of the month, you feel good. It's satisfying, you know? yeah. It's like if you have a bunch of pennies in the jar, you feel good. Yeah. And you know, if you look at your statement and it's like, I was able to give to the church, I, that is a reward. You know, So those kinds of things, aren't don't miss those. Uh, but remember the ultimate reward we're after. And I think, too, this isn't part of the research uh, science, you know, it's really these three things. But I think there's another one you could think about, which is a fourth one I'll just add is, what's the review? If you look at your life over time, are you starting to see the fruit of the Spirit in your life? Hmm. Right? Are you starting to see that your knowledge is increasing, that you have a better perspective of how God views the world, hmm. that you are starting to have conviction about certain things, that lordship of your life in those areas of your life, you, you believe in these things, that you're doing the things, you're building the habits, you're taking the actions that will ultimately lead to character transformation. Hmm. And another thing to do is ask, do others see it? 
So just having an honest conversation with people that you trust, your accounting partners, your small group people, your spouse, your kids, it's like, do you see a change? You know, mm. and and that will point you into helping. Okay, well, I, maybe I need a little more tweak here and a little tw- tweak there. But that's an important part of it. It's yeah. recognizing too that God w- will be using you more. You know, as you yeah. make yourself more usable. So, at the end of the year, if you've been doing this kind of stuff, is there something that you can look at and be like? I can see how God opened these doors, how he brought these people into my life or how like, you know, um, and just notice all the different ways that he's used you since you've developed these, you know, habits for growth. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So kind of just bringing this back to um, where we were beginning in the end with kind of the, 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 the serious thinking about this, that you, you are in a true sense, you are what you love. But you might not love what you think you do. Mm. So you may think and you may say that you love a certain thing. You may think and say that this thing has a priority in my life. But if you look at your habits, they may tell a completely different story. Mm. So what do your habits and your repeated actions say about the priorities in your life? Yeah. If you look at, if you look, really just had someone measure and evaluate you looking from the outside, just purely at what you do, not what you think, not what you say, but just what you do, what would your life say about what's important in your life? Mm. You know, the things that you spend your time doing, the, the, the places and the things you spend your money on, yeah. the, the people that you spend your time with, they speak more about who you are actually becoming than your words and your thoughts. Yeah. So again, that the, the, the belief part, the conviction part is so important because it's going to drive the behavior. If you love it, you will believe it and you will do it, right? So you, yeah. you know, love it and you live it. Um, yeah, we always make time for the things that are most important to us, mm-hmm. whatever that may be. Right, because you can look at, and, and Doug, you're kind of alluding to this earlier, but just, just all of the rituals in our lives, this, you know, another word you can think about is the liturgies, the liturgies of our lives, these practices, these rituals, these rhythms that we give ourselves over to. And Jason, you were making the point that the world is trying to recruit mm-hmm. us to their rituals and their rhythms yeah. and their practices and priorities. So we've got to be very clear about what it is that our habits are recruiting us to. Are we are we pursuing the habits that will lead us into Christ-like behavior, or are our habits actually more reflecting of the world's values? Yeah, you know. So we have to, um, and this is the power of the Holy Spirit that comes from Christ, right? We. He is able to reorient us. He's able to reorder our values, and he's able to rehabituate our habits, to, to mm. change our liturgies, because Christ is going to train us, um, or better might be better to say that he retrains us to use our time, our talent, and our treasure, um, and the people around our team in different ways than the world would recruit us to. Mm. So our habits, in the end, are putting on Christ. Romans thirteen fourteen says, clothe yourself with the Lord Jesus Christ. Um, Philippians 2, 5, in your lives, you must think and act like Jesus Christ, right? It's not, it doesn't say just think, you must act like Jesus Christ. Hmm. And I think, you know, this, I love this verse from 1 Peter because it's such a, a, a map of the things we, we should want to pursue. He says, for this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness and to goodness, knowledge and to knowledge, self-control. And to self-control, perseverance. And to perseverance, godliness. And to godliness, mutual affection. And to mutual affection, love. 
For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. The system. What is the system that will increase my goodness, my knowledge, my self-control, my perseverance? The system that's these are the goals. What is the system that will help create these things? How do we how do we engage um, shaping our environment? You know, looking at growth over time, exponential growth. You know, um, additive growth. What are the things I can do that will eventually help me get to where I want to be, and let the Holy Spirit empower all of it? Mm. That's great. Well, thanks, Rob. Uh, why don't you close us with prayer and? Um then we'll yeah. wrap up. I, I, guess I have this prayer. Um, this is actually from Eugene Peterson. I just, I love this. Let's pray. Cool. Oh God, when my faith gets overladen with dust, blow it clean with the wind of your spirit. When my habits of obedience get stiff and rusty, anoint them with the oil of your spirit. Restore the enthusiasm of my first love for you. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Man, thanks for joining us today. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. You guys watching or listening, go make a new habit. (laughs) Hopefully a good one, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Hopefully a good one. Hopefully a good one. (laughs) Don't let it just happen, but choose to, to build a new habit into your life that'll produce spiritual growth. We love you. We'll see you next time. If you're a podcast listener and you enjoyed this episode, consider giving us a rating or a review on iTunes. If you do, you'll help other people find us in the future. And if you're thinking, hey, listening's great, but is there a way I can watch these episodes? Yeah, there is. Subscribe to the Saddleback Church YouTube channel for video versions of these conversations, plus lots of other video content. And if you're already watching us on YouTube, subscribe to the podcast so you can listen in the car or wherever else you go. Lastly, you can always get in touch with us by emailing maturity at saddleback.com. Send us your thoughts, send us your questions, your Bible questions, your life questions, whatever. Who knows? Your question just might inspire an upcoming episode. Thanks again for tuning in to Doable Discipleship. I'm Doug Jones, and I hope you'll join us again next week.